Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> Vaccinations keep us safe. Vaccinations what's allowing us to move forward. New York City is now the safest place to be in the United States of America because you went out and got vaccinated and because more people are getting vaccinated every day because the mandates are working and because now we can finally reach our 5 to 11-year-olds. This is really great news for the kids in New York City, for the families in New York City. And we have been seeing great response at our vaccination site. Here's some breaking news. Yesterday, at our school sites alone, over 4,500 kids got vaccinated. Now, remember, we had sites at some of our schools throughout the week and in the next week. We're going to have sites at all of our schools that serve 5 to 11-year-olds. But already, 4,500 kids got vaccinated at our schools yesterday. Grand total since vaccination began for the 5 to 11-year-olds, almost 25,000 kids. It's amazing. So we see that parents are coming out, getting their kids vaccinated. We expect this to grow a lot in the coming days. This is another way we keep our city safe and we move forward. And I want to hear, I want you to hear, I should say, I want you to hear from two of the heroes of this effort when the history's written about how New York City overcame COVID and came back strong. These are two of the people going to get a lot of praise for what they did. <laughs> Bill de Blasio, he's praising himself for being a dictator. He's excited, man. He was happy. He said it's the safest place to live regards to COVID, New York City. Oh, my goodness. He loves the mandates. He loves force vaccinating children and people. So, in other words, he's just over there patting himself on the back for being a dictator. That's just great. That's just great. What an idiot. He's just dumb. All right. Let me get this out of the way first and foremost. I generally edit uh, these episodes. You know, depending on how they go, I may run off a little bit or forget to say something I wanted to say, and I go back and edit them. Well, fortunate for you or unfortunate for me or unfortunate for you and fortunate for me, however you want to look at it. I am a little under the weather. I'm not feeling real great, but the show must go on. But to make my life a little bit simpler and not have this take me hours, I'm going to run through this with no editing whatsoever. So either A, you're going to laugh and you really get to see inside my mind a little bit, or B, you're going to be like, wow, that was a train wreck. <laughs> one or the other, we're going to roll. Here it is. It's going to be as raw as it can be. Anyways, Bill de Blasio. Well, at least now that that's out of the way. Bill de Blasio. Yes. <clears throat> what an idiot. You know, per 100,000 people per capita in the state of Florida, we have the lowest COVID numbers in the United States right now. We have the lowest daily case. We have the lowest hospitalizations and we have the lowest death. You don't hear that on the news anywhere because they don't want to highlight it. Why? Because people like Bill de Blasio, people like uh, Gavin Newsom that are running their states as dictators with all of these mandates, seizing as much power as they can, locking people up, forcing you to do things you don't want to do 
are running about the same as us. They're really no better. So throughout this pandemic, what you've experienced where you live is going to be different than what other people have experienced where they live. I can tell you here in Florida, yes, we did the initial shutdown for two weeks. After that, Ron DeSantis said no more. Mask mandates were per county, so depending on what county you lived in in Florida, you either had a mandate or you did not. Unfortunately, I lived in one where it's a little bit uh, blue-leaning, so you know they're a little power-hungry and try to take control of things themselves. So we did have a mask mandate here, which was very irritating, even though I didn't wear one and got kicked out. Really, the only store I ever got kicked out of, and I may have mentioned this before, was of all places, the dollar store. (laughs) I was not too happy. And I told the lady in there, I said, you're worried about me without a mask. You should be worried about the funky people walking in here because you're going to catch a worse disease from them than you're going to catch from me with COVID, the nonsense. So that's just a side note. But depending on where you lived in Florida, you had mandates or not. For the most part, we have lived free. There have not really been too many restrictions, if any. So so if our numbers are about the same as California and New York, two places where the restrictions were most severe, where they really are force vaccinating people, you got to wear masks indoor and out. Small businesses just got hammered with all restrictions and regulations they were putting on them. It's been a mess. You couldn't go to church. I mean, if you remember, it's everything goes so fast. You may remember, may not. They told people in California, you can't sing at church. <laughs> I mean, you, you poor people are restricted as bad as it can get. We've been free over here. And I would say, depending again, uh, where you live at was whether you're free or you're not free. The point is, that's what, which is what I'm getting to here. With all of your restrictions, and with all the restrictions we did not have, if we're running about the same, what does that tell you? That lockdowns, like we knew from the beginning, do not work. That masks do not work. That even vaccinating people does not work. You have to let this run its course. Probably the smartest thing we could have done was herd immunity. Let it spread like wildfire have a real bad, you know, uh, moment in the first of it. Everybody's getting sick. Yeah, it's going to be a little tough. Systems are going to be overloaded. But once everybody has natural antibodies, then we should have been all right for the second and third surge. If you follow history at all, the Spanish flu of 1918 had four surges. We are about the same pattern they are. We really are running about the same. The first one was bad. The second one was was worse. The third one was even worse. And then the fourth one really tapered off. And then it just became your common flu. Then it was year after year. People knew it was flu season. If you get sick, you know what to do. And that's it. Well, we're following the same pattern 100 years later. So you probably should expect some type of a surge after the first of the year. And if history repeats itself, which it tends to, that should be it. I would say for me, at least, it that was it, it was it a uh, year ago because I've been done with this whole situation at least a year, probably longer. But again, if history repeats itself, we may have one more uptick in cases and then it'll go back down. I mean, for God's sake, you got eighty percent of the United States vaccinated. Then you have however many people in the United States contracted. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Again, I'm not really up to par, so I didn't pull all the paperwork like I would normally do. 
Um, but you have however many people that got it. Now they're vaccinating children, which I said on the last episode. I think that that's a bad idea personally because you're taking a risk with your kid's health one way or the other. Uh, there are side effects to it. There are neurological side effects. There's heart inflammation. These kids are resilient. They have great immune systems. They're not going to get affected by this the same way an adult is, especially an adult that's later in life when you're getting into old people status. So personally, I think they should be leaving the kids alone. Uh, that's, again, just my opinion. But you have all these kids now getting vaccinated. You got 80% of adults. I mean, the majority of the country is vaccinated or has already had the virus. So when does this end? I mean, you got to use some common sense here when it comes to these things. Common sense should tell you with that many people vaccinated with all the different treatments that are available right now, if you do get sick, the monoclonal treatment, they're coming out with pills that reduce hospitalization and death by up to 90%. You have your vaccinations if you choose to get them. There are all types of treatments. The pandemic is over. It's been over. What's not over is these leftist governors and the sleepy, creepy, geriatric, funky old man in the White House not wanting to release and relinquish their power. They just have to do it. Not to mention, and I've said this already as well, but not to mention that Joe Biden doesn't have a whole lot of W's in his column, and he's trying with everything that he has to get a W. Not that he's going to get one because he is <laughs> he's losing badly. His numbers are looking uh, beautiful. Uh, he is down to, what, a 38% approval or 37% approval? <laughs> you know what? At least he's the best at something. If you're going to suck, you might as well be the best at it. Anyways, he's trying to get some type of win, and I guess he thinks by – Doing what he's doing at some point here, he's going to get on top of the White House like King Kong banging banging his chest and say, hey, I took care of COVID. I'm the man. Yeah, man, I did it. I stopped it. In actuality, it just ran its course and it stopped itself. He, he All he did was destroy small businesses, people's lives, gave people who are pro-mask, gave them some type of complexes now where they're getting all panicky coming out into society because other people aren't wearing masks. You're pissing off people that don't want to wear masks and you're pissing them off by trying to put masks on their kids. So you're making them more anti-government and hate you people even more. So what you've really done is just pretty much destroy America. So good job, Joe. Oh my goodness. But you know what I have not talked about? And, uh, it's just a lot of these things. It's, they're important in their own way. There's just so much stuff going on that's more damaging to the United States than little incidents like uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. It's a shame what they're doing to that poor kid. I saw him on the stand the other day, and he was crying so hard he could barely even speak. He's got to be scared to death. He's facing, uh, I, I forget how many counts. He's got, what, two counts of murder, a t- count of attempted murder, Um uh, there's there's multiple accounts even more than that i don't remember offhand but the poor kid's facing it life in prison he's 18 Uh, he made a stupid mistake he probably should have never even went to that area left it alone those people are going to do whatever they're going to do and you know picked up the pieces the next day it's a shame that you got to step away from something like that but it was probably the smartest move for him being that he's a young man and when you're young you tend to make foolish decisions but i felt really really bad for this kid seeing him cry and uh his parents were upset and you know the situation he was in 
I don't think a lot of people could tell you exactly what they do. He was fearing for his life from a man that threatened if he caught him by himself, he was going to kill him. And the guy's chasing him. They got chains. They got weapons. You know, and he's running. He falls on the ground. I mean, what, what do you think? He's thinking, I'm on the ground. They're going to beat me to death. They're, they're, everybody over there is acting like animals. So he did what he thought was best to preserve himself. There's been some real damaging things coming out in the trial. Uh, I think uh, as of today, which is Wednesday, I'm recording this a little bit early because I am going out of town for the holiday weekend. So this is a little early. It could change by the time you hear this on Friday morning. But they're looking at a mistrial because of some questioning issues that the judge had. So I don't know where that's going to land. Hopefully it'll go well for the youngster because, uh, yeah, he's. He, I would say since the time this happened, he's probably suffered quite a bit. Uh, mentally, just the way he was crying, you can't put that show on. You can't put an act like that on. He couldn't even talk. I'm sure that internally he's beating himself up day after day, torturing himself, wishing he never did it. So hopefully he doesn't have to pay for the rest of his life being locked up in a cage. We'll wait and see how that goes. It does look positive for him from a lot of the things that are coming out of the trial and a lot of the testimony. It does look positive for him that he may actually walk away from it, but that still is not going to let him mentally walk away from it. I'm sure for years to come, probably the rest of his life, he's going to have a lot of regret for doing, uh, for even being there and, and what happened. Joe Biden and his administration. If you thought gas prices were bad before, get ready. Because the White House confirmed that Joe Biden is studying the impact of shutting down the Enbridge Line 5 pipeline, you know, when fuel prices are through the roof. So that's going to go real well. Yeah, my God, this guy's an idiot. Anyways, the White House press secretary, uh, what is her name? Karen Jean-Pierre. Uh, confirmed that the Biden administration was exploring the idea. Uh, I guess they're reviewing it, looking it over, seeing you know, what type of environmental impact problems it's it's causing, which I'm sure is minimal at best. Uh, that that particular line uh, produces about um, what is it, 23 million gallons of oil a day, uh, straight from uh, Mackinac into the United States. So. If you shut that down, I mean, we're talking about, over the course of the week, close to 200 millions of, 200 million, excuse me, gallons of oil that are no longer coming into the United States. So what do you think that that's going to do to fuel prices? That's going to, I mean, just, if you think it's bad now, you think you're paying... Here in Florida, we're paying on average about $3.30 for regular gas a gallon. I saw in California, they're up to almost $6. But, uh, yeah, if we're paying three thirty-five, you can bet that if he shuts down another oil pipeline, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to 5 bucks a gallon. If you remember back in Obama's term, I remember distinctly because I owned a, uh, what, about a 2000 Chevy Tahoe, I believe, at the time. And I remember going to the gas pump, and it was $4.25 a gallon for regular gas. And I filled up the Tahoe, and it was like $110 or something. And I remember looking at my wife, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to have to start riding a bike to work. (laughs) I'm like, that's you're close to $500 on fuel a month. 
Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, I could buy a brand new car, get a $500 car payment. I'm just paying for that in fuel. Well, if he shuts his pipeline down, I'm about to have that experience all over again. It's going to be deja vu because instead of 425, because that's only 90 cents away, you shut down that pipeline. I guarantee you it's five bucks a gallon here in Florida. I, I can't say where it's, what it's going to be in the rest of the country. You know, we, we are a little higher, especially in South Florida, than the more rural areas. They have a better, little bit better price on gas than we do. But regardless, if you're used to spending $2.50, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be up to $4, which ain't going to feel nice to your pocketbook. I got to tell you, there is nothing that this administration has done up to this point that has been beneficial to anybody in the United States. Whether you're rich, poor, black, white, Chinese, Spanish, doesn't matter. If you're middle class, upper class, doesn't matter. What has, what has he done that has benefited any of us? We're paying more at the pump. We're paying more in grocery stores. Hell, I saw the price of turkeys are up by 41% from last year. Turkeys! So your Thanksgiving dinner just got a whole lot more expensive to eat the same food, to feed the same people. He's destroying the middle class. He's destroying people on the bottom end. Anybody that's considered in the poverty level, all these prices going up have got to be just annihilating them financially. It doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, if you're working for 10 bucks an hour after taxes, you're taking home, you know, say $300 when before you could go grocery shopping, maybe you're spending a hundred bucks a week on yourself. So you're spending $400 a month on groceries. When you're hearing the average cost of groceries is up by over 10%, then you got turkeys that are up by 40%. (laughs) Yeah, It hurts between the groceries, the gas. These people are getting beaten to the dirt. It It ain't nice. So where he acts like he's helping you out, he's doing you a favor. Trust me, the favor he's doing you is bankrupting you faster than you were doing to yourself if you ain't got a lot of money. Because uh, the same check you got now is probably worth, in all reality, between the cost of everything going up, you're probably more than 10%. You're probably at around 15 to 20% impact on your check. And that's really going to hurt most middle class and certainly the lower class. And if you're on the poverty level, even worse. So... Sleepy Creepy ain't doing you no favors. Trust me. Everything's getting worse. Thanksgiving's going to cost you a whole lot more than it did last year. That's for sure. Just like gas and everything else. What a little bit of positive news to end up, or to end this anyways. At least the shift is happening in America. I think everybody notices it. Everybody's seeing it. That with Joe Biden's excuse me, approval rating being down to 38%. Um, with independents, 71% of independents think Joe Biden is steering the country in the wrong direction. And in all reality, independents are the ones that decide elections. There are more independents than there are people that are registered Republicans or registered Democrats. So that's the base that he's losing the most at. He even has 20% of the Democratic base that he's underwater with. So he's not doing good anywhere. You know the Republicans, they, they don't like him one, one, you know, one little bit. But when you're getting hammered by independents and you're bleeding from your own party, it's not looking good for you, especially in 2022 and 2024. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, do we really think Joe Biden, excuse me, <coughs> do we really think Joe Biden's going to run in 2024? 
Joe Biden would be lucky to be not in Depends at a assisted living facility by 2024, let alone run for rerun for president for a second term for the United States. He can't keep it together as it is. So honestly, 2024, we're looking pretty good. And I think with as bad as things are going in the country in only 10 months of his presidency, with the numbers, what they currently are at, the positive news, news is we should regain the House and Senate in 2022, which will calm everything down. We could take a sigh of relief. And then 2024 is looking real promising because up to this point, I don't see any potential candidates for them for 2024. Kamala Harris is even more underwater than Joe is. She's even less liked than Joe. So Kamala Harris isn't who's going to be on the ticket unless they just say, hey, we'll just put her on there to put her on there knowing they're going to lose anyways just to try to save face or something. I don't know. Uh, I do apologize for the voice and editing, right? but uh, like I said, I'm a little under the weather. So I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, please rate and review me. It would be a great help. Um, if you'd like to contact me, littlejocc.com. You can go to the contact section and reach out to me. If you'd like to follow me on Gab, I am at the real little Joe. Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. If you'd like to check out any videos that I do, Go to Rumble. It's the only place that I'm on unless Rumble's distributing it somewhere else. But otherwise, Rumble's the only place I upload to. Little Joe's Conservative Corner. You can check out any videos that I do. They usually come out once a week on a Friday. Besides that, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you enjoyed Veterans Day. And we will do it again on Tuesday. Tuesday.